Tonight's scripture text is going to be from Acts 21, uh, verse 27 to 36. When the seven days were almost completed, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, men of Israel, help. This is the man who is teaching everyone everywhere against the people and the law and this place. Moreover, he even brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus, the Ephesian, with him in the city, and they supposed that Paul had brought him into the temple. Then all the city was stirred, and the people ran together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple, and at once the gates were shut. And as they were seeking to kill him, word came to the tribune of the cohort that all Jerusalem was in confusion. He at once took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the tribune and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the tribune came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. He inquired who he was and what he had done. Some of the crowd were shouting one thing and some another. And as he could not learn the, and as he could not learn the facts because of the uproar, he ordered him to be brought into the barracks. And when he came to the steps, he was actually carried by the soldiers because the violence of the crowd for the mob of the people followed crying out away with him. God, help us as we study. Help me to be faithful and clear. Help us to listen and obey. Please help us, Lord, to be people who after reading tonight will be all the more ready to suffer for the cause of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. A show of hands really quick. Just how much of you would say you grew up in church? Cool, good. Um, growing up in church, have you guys, do you remember at younger ages when you first started to hear like about missionaries, missionary stories? If you, were at a, if you were at a pretty decent faithful church, they would have told you about missionaries. They did here at New Uanu. I grew up here, but I didn't remember any of the names of the missionaries. You know, um, how about, do you remember when you first started hearing about not just missionary work, but just ministry in general? And if you're honest with yourself, when you first started to hear about the missionaries and the mission work, was it appealing to you? That's great if it was, because I know there are some children in our church that it does appeal. Um, Sovereign is reading a book on the martyrs right now, and she's like loving it. And I look at her and I marvel because when I was her age and I remember hearing stories about the missionaries, I don't remember their names, but you know what I did remember? How much pain they went through. I remember hearing stories of men going to places where they could be eaten alive. I remember hearing stories of missionaries traveling by foot until their feet are bleeding out. I remember hearing stories of missionaries getting sick to the point of death and losing their wives and their children. You know, I don't remember the names of these figures. I can put the pieces together now. But I remember as a young person hearing stuff like that and not like our sister Sovereign, who's, which I, I admire, where she's like very invested and interested. Like the book she's reading on the margins is like a big one. Um, but for me, if I'm very very honest with you guys, that turned me off. As a young boy, I was like, uh, yeah, maybe missionary and mission work is not what I'm called to do. <laughs> if I'm very honest, I don't remember hearing, and, and you know why though? Uh, well, it, it stayed like that when I was a child, like all through elementary, just the idea of being a missionary or even doing, going into the ministry, ministry was like, no way. You know, like, no way. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do that. If I were to read a text like this tonight, and you were to tell me, well, that guy's a Christian, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll pass. 
I don't like being Christian. But see, what happened later, because by the time I was 17, I was like, at the edge of my seat, send me anywhere you want me to send, you want me to go. Like, get me a ticket to China. I don't, I'll go. And that was mingled with a, a little bit of your youthful brought like jump off the rock because it's nuts. Um, so it wasn't, it didn't have full pure motives, but it was, much of it was, was the shift from when I was a boy to when at age 17, I was like, I'll go anywhere in the world. I don't care how dangerous it is. The shift was for when Chris realized Christ is real and he's alive and he loves me and he's worth it all. And this gospel, it's so good. It's so good. It's worthy of giving my life to and, and dying for. That's why when Paul says in the previous chapter, when they were crying, don't go to Jerusalem, Paul, he says, what are you doing? I am ready to die even for Christ. So as we look at this text tonight, I titled it Ambassador in Change because tonight is a turning point in Paul's ministry. This preacher gets put in prison. This preacher becomes a prisoner for the rest of the book. For the rest of his ministry, maybe even. This, this preacher is a prisoner, but he stays a preacher. But this is a turning point. Because from here on out, Paul's in chains. Ephesians says, he calls himself, for this gospel, I am an ambassador in chains. What I was praying for us this week as I was approaching this text was that you'd read a text like this. And you'd see a guy like Paul get thrown in chains, beaten almost to the point of death, multiple times, but that wouldn't scare you. That wouldn't cause you to flinch or shrink back or second guess this walk with Christ. I praise God that he's given us a Bible that's not quiet about the pain, right? Jesus says, in this life, you will have tribulation. I'm telling you this up front, I'm not a salesman trying to just tell you all the good and pretty parts of this journey. No, if you're going to follow me, it's going to hurt. But then he says, take heart, because I overcame the world. Peter says in his, in his epistles, that's why I don't think it's strange. Don't trip, church, when the world hates on you and persecutes you. When people gossip and slander and talk stink behind your back at work, and maybe you even lose your job, maybe your family disowns you or your friends shaft you, or maybe you do get put in prison. In that moment, don't be afraid. Don't be assured. Because by, by the grace of God, if, if we go that far where any of us in this room have to get shackled up for Jesus, you're an ambassador in chains. That's why Matthew, Jesus says, praise God, rejoice. The question is, though, would we? Like, really think about that now. My prayer and my hope is that as we go through this text, there would be a Philippians 1.14 effect on us. What is that? Let me read it to you. Verse 12, he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what's happened to me has served to advance the gospel. Well, what happened to Paul? He got arrested. So that it may become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest of my imprisonment is for Christ. And then he says this in verse 14. Most of the brothers, having been confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, they're much more bold to speak the word without fear. You heard that? They heard that I got imprisoned for this gospel, and now they're more bold. That's my hope for us tonight. We read a verse like this, and I pray you leave the room not afraid, but more bold. Not cowardly, but more courageous. 
Because why? What makes Paul tick the way he ticks? Christ is alive. He's really real. You and I, we have a Savior who is so real right now. And to, to brag about him from a pulpit is my greatest honor. And he loves you. And he's called every one of you here, all of us here, to carry a message like Brother Isaiah said that the world hates. So, church, are you ready to rep Christ is the question tonight. Because as ambassadors, as representatives, as people who are not from this world, if you rep Christ, people are going to give you a hard time. You know, out of the handful of times I've traveled the world, you know, left Hawaii, left the rock, which is not many, many times, but out of all the times when I left Hawaii, nobody's ever given me a hard time for being from Hawaii. Just, just honest. Nobody's ever, I mean, when I traveled to Paris, people told me, actually, I read it in the, um, the tourist magazine, like, no, no, it wasn't tourist. A friend told me, he's like, okay, if you tell people, if you if you if you let them know you're from America, you might get snubbed. But if you let them know you're from Hawaii, Oh, we, 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 you know, like, everyone's gonna love you. And it was, it was true. I just let people know I was, I wore my Hawaii shirt and I was just, it just welcome. You know, I had this realization that no one's going to give me a hard time for being from Hawaii, but people will give me a hard time for being from heaven. Think about that. No one's going to give us a hard time for being from Hawaii. I mean, and if someone did give me a hard time for being from Hawaii, I'd be like, what? and what? <laughs> Bro, you take the boy from the island. <laughs> but you cannot take the island from the boy. You know, like, I, be, I, I, have, I have Hawaii pride. I'm proud to be from Hawaii, you know? But no one's going to give me a hard time for that. We are from heaven, church. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. This ain't home. And if someone gives you a hard time, how are you going to respond? Because what, we what we're going to do is see tonight how people respond to Paul. Paul is not going to speak a word tonight in our episode. But what we'll see is this is an ambassador of Christ, and we're going to see how he's received, how people treat him. And then when we see that, I want you to learn this. You can expect that. Because you're in the same family as Paul, right? You believe the same gospel Paul believes, right? Your heart says to live as Christ dies gain, right? Your heart says Christ is all, right? Amen. And if that's true then we can, with a lot of scripture and help from messages like this, know what to expect. So we're going to see as ambassadors of Christ that we'll be hated. We're going to see that as ambassadors of Christ will be intriguing. And we're going to see that as ambassadors of Christ, we're going to need the spirit of submission and love. Let's go. Verse 27. Seven days were almost completed. We talked about that in observation time. That's the purification ceremony. Jews from Asia, these are from Ephesus, most likely. Um, I, I say that because they knew the name of the, the, um, the Ephesian that was there, Trophimus. So, and this is what these boys were doing. They were stirring up the whole crowd. You see that? Stirring up. They was making a fuss. It's the way you busy the water to, to, to get things all riled up. They're stirring up the whole crowd, so much so that they laid hands that's the word epibalo, which means to arrest. It's the same word used when the Roman officers arrested Paul. That's important to note because prophecy is being fulfilled. 
Remember, previously, Agabus, the prophet, he said he bound up Paul with the belt. And he said, you're going to be bound. So here we go. It's being fulfilled. They laid hands. They bound him. And they were crying out, just shrieking, yelling. Men of Israel, help. Look at that in the storyline. As if they're the victims. I'm being oppressed. Help. They're just yelling, help, help. Like, look, this is, the, this is the predator here or whatever. This is the enemy. This is the man who's teaching everyone everywhere. Now, here's the accusation. Number one, against the people. Against Israel. If you were to ask Paul if he's against the people, he would read to you Romans 9, verse 1 through 5, where he said, if I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, I'd do that. Meaning, if I could go to hell and they could go to heaven, I'd do that. That's how much he loves the people. So he's not against Israel. He loves Israel. And then he says, oh, and he's against the law. No. Christ said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. All those ceremonies, boys, all that circumcision, all that purification, cleansing points to Christ. So Paul is not anti-law. He actually appreciates it more because he knows what it means. Do you see that? So they're saying, okay, he's, he's against us. Er, that's wrong. He's against the law. Er, that's wrong. He's more like the psalmist who says, oh, the law of the Lord, how I love it. Paul doesn't hate the law. He just knows he can't be saved by it. You see that? And then they say about him and this place, he doesn't like the temple. That's not true. I mean, how silly is, are these accusations while he's at the temple going through the purification rituals? That's ironic, right? He's doing the very things that they're accusing him of not wanting to do. So all right off the bat, I hope you see it. This is all bogus. This is not true. He's being falsely accused. And then moreover, even brought Greeks into the temple and defiled the holy place. You see that? Remember the wall I told you about? Observation. So they're saying, and then look at this. It says verse 29. They previously seen, so not today, they saw before Trophimus, the Ephesian, with him in the where? The city. Now, this is a big word. They what? They supposed. They assumed. They were presumptuous. They jumped the gun. They, they jumped to conclusions. They supposed that Paul had brought him into the temple. And, and then by verse 30, all the city was stirred up. Those three accusations are so huge in the Jewish community. That's worthy of death. No, but here's the thing. It was all, was it true? If they had social media, they trashed Paul in a minute. Everyone in the world thinks this of Paul in Jerusalem. And nobody else is saying otherwise. Now, up until this point, we're only in verse 30. Do we hear a peep from Paul yet? Just think about that. How much patience that must have taken. The city was stirred up, and then it says the people ran. They seized Paul, dragged him out, shut the gates. I just want us to see really quick, though, like, as ambassadors of Christ, we will be hated. This is all bogus. This is all irrational. 
But as a follower of Christ, people are going to look at you and make false accusations. They're going to be presumptuous about you. They're going to jump to conclusions about you. Really quick, wait, well, do we do that? Because guys, I resonate more with this mob than with Paul really quick. I mean, I, I have a tendency to be presumptuous, jump to conclusions. If that's you tonight, I just ask, I plead with you um, lovingly to repent. Because zeal without knowledge is very dangerous. Proverbs 19.2 says that zeal without knowledge is dangerous and your feet are hasty to miss the way. These, these, these people, these, this crowd, they're missing it. They're just riled up in a frenzy. They're hearing what they want to hear and they're charging and they're throwing all this hate on this one man because he's somebody to hate. Matthew 5.11-12, bless are you when, not if, others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil falsely on my account. If people are having a hard time with you on your account, <laughs> meaning you're just, mm, don't say, oh, Father, forg- forgive them. They know not what they do. Persecution. No, 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 no. This is on account of what Lane was saying, living a righteous life. And brothers, sisters, if we live it in a fallen world, Jesus says when, not if. So I wonder, are we? Not looking for persecution. But if you live light in darkness, there's friction. Verse 12, he says, Jesus says, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. So they persecuted the prophets before you. All these reactions that we're seeing right now, they're human instinct. It's totally flesh. Crowds are being led by their sinful nature. This is a result of chaos, injustice, folly. So it is the news. Turn it on and you see a world. You're confused. Don't be too confused. It's not confusing. That's what sinners do. And you're one of them. We're bent towards that. This is why we need Jesus. All of us were a part of this mob at one point. Ephesians, right? Chapter 2. We all were by nature children of, what's the word? Wrath. Like the rest of mankind. This is why you don't hear a peep from Paul. He's probably crying his eyes out with compassion as they're beating him. Just like how Stephen was a glow as they stoned him, just like how Jesus Christ was when he walked through Jerusalem, weeping, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. You see where this heart is coming from? It's coming from Christ. Paul is following his master. So, expect to be the minority. Notice the crowds were all against Paul. There may Right now, if you say you love Jesus, you're not minority here. This is the church. This is why it's comforting and encouraging all the time to come to church. I know I'm going to a Christian church when I feel encouraged in Christ because there's other people who really believe Jesus here. But if you're out and about, when you leave these halls, when you go to work, when you go to school, when you go to wherever it is you go, there's a good chance you are the minority and you're being judged, misjudged, misunderstood. And misheard. I just don't want you to trip. Expect it. 
blind sides when I played football, blind sides hurt the most when you don't expect it. So that's why the receivers ball first, but just know you're going to get cracked. If you don't, you can get the snot knocked out of you. But when you know pain is coming, you can, you can get ready for it. My prayer, my hope is we're ready for this. Expect to be misjudged so that you're not in despair. If anything, like what Victor brought up in observation, Paul knew this was coming. And he didn't flinch. So as ambassadors of Christ, we will be hated. Just breathe that in. And remember, he is worthy. Verse 31, as they were seeking to kill him, word came to the tribune. Now we're going to look at shift gears to this guy, the cohort. We talked about that. He's the head haunch over a thousand men. And all Jerusalem was in confusion. What a day. And at once the soldiers took the centurions. They ran down to them. And once they saw the tribune and the soldiers coming, they stopped beating Paul. Then the tribune came up and they arrested him and they ordered him to be bound. Now here's another one, two chains. Remember Agabus's prophecy? He was bound where? Hands and feet, prophecy being fulfilled. Two chains, hands and feet. And now look at what this guy does. He inquired who he was and what he'd done. Good job. He didn't just jump in like, yahoo, and start licking him too, right? 34, some in the crowd were shouting one thing, another the other, right? It's all chaos. Nobody knows what they're saying. And as he could not learn the facts, I just, I love this about the Tribune, asking questions trying to learn the facts because of the uproar he ordered them okay let's go back to the barracks i want to argue a little bit that i think because later in acts 22 verse 30 when the tribune could have totally just let the matter go it says in verse 30 but on the next day desiring to know the real reason for why he was being accused by the jews he unbound Paul, commanded the chief priests and all the council to meet, and he brought Paul down and set them before him. And I would imagine he sat there and listened. He didn't need to stay. I think this tribune is stunned by Paul the more he gets to listen and observe him. Everyone's hating on this guy. Later, we're going to see there's no evidence for why he should be hated. That's why he's going to have a hard time dealing with this case. He's like, I don't know what to do with this guy. Everyone's to, everyone hates him but there's no reason to hate him but here's what i want to think oh i want us to, to think about as ambassadors of christ we will be intriguing i think the tribune is having a hard time with paul he's a head turner this is not a case he could just push aside and be like, okay done with this one he's just like okay what's going on here who's this guy why do you hate him huh okay wait everyone's too loud let's go back to the barracks this is just i, I gotta get to the bottom of this and then later, two chapters later, or a chapter later, he's like, oh, okay, I really want to know why, why they hate him so much. You know, what's interesting is guys like John the Baptist. You know who saw John the Baptist and was a little bit intrigued by him? Herod. It says Herod enjoyed listening to him. He hated him. I mean, he had him beheaded. But nonetheless, these Christians, something about them. It's like they're, they're like just, peculiar they're strange you ever have someone call you strange why are you so no no just yeah why do you do that why are you joyful 
Why do you always talk about Christ? Why are you not interested in this? You know, one of my, one of my friends who, uh, my brothers who passed on and went into glory recently, um, the first guy I've ever witnessed to and shared the gospel to, uh, we were the only juniors in a freshman history class. That's how we became friends. And at the time, I was trying to live my faith out, just love on him, share Jesus with him, give him the Bible and whatnot. And, and he just hated me for it because he never, he's like, I don't invite you to any of my parties. Why are you nice to me? Like, stop. I'm like, okay. You like come church. <laughs> and he just can't get me out of his mind. You know? Um, I was just strange. I was intriguing. So when he wanted to get his first tattoo and all his other friends shafted him, guess who he called? Me. And I pulled a Yui and went straight to the stuff with him and got one myself. But why? Because there was something peculiar. Paul says it in language like this. You are the fragrance and the aroma of Christ. And to some, you smell like death. Like the crowd. They hated Paul. Smell like death. And then to others, you smell like life. As an ambassador of Christ, as someone who reps Jesus, you're going to go through this life. People are going to hate on you. They're going to say all kinds of bogus stuff about you. But then there's going to be some that they just can't put you together. They just don't understand what makes you the way you are. And in those moments, church, please, please, because Paul, we're going to see later, please, he testifies to Christ. All glory, all pointing to Christ. He gives his testimony again and again throughout the rest of the book of Acts. But I'm going to argue that this tribune, I would be so stoked if we see Claudius in heaven. We don't know if this leads to salvation. We don't know, but we know Something about Paul and the way he lives just hooks people. Are you that? Are you salt and light? Are we? In our neighborhoods, do people even notice us? We're a city on a hill. In your workplace, would people be shocked if you told them, I went to Bible study Wednesday night? Or would they say, of course you did. <laughs> of course, you love Jesus. You guess I'm talking about. Please, Lord, make us a peculiar people that draw people to Jesus. That's 2 Corinthians 2.14 about the fragrance and aroma of Christ. Last to close, to finish, verse 35. And when they came to the steps, he, actually, he was actually carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the crowd. Verse 36. And the mob of the people followed, crying out, away with him. Just for a moment, pause. Be there with Paul. Can you imagine what was going on in his heart as he was being carried away? Having the people closest to you following, saying, get him out of here. Away with him. That's strong language. That's the word expel, execute, just trash him. We don't care. Destroy him. Smithereens. I don't want him. That's that phrase in the Greek. Away with him. Now just imagine. Can you imagine you? You're being falsely accused, misheard, misjudged. You're being now carried. I think to myself, Paul must have been so filled with the Spirit. Because how much of us would have held our silence this far? 
because we don't read of Paul saying, I don't hate you. I love you. What you mean? What you mean? I, I don't, I don't love the law. I was, I was on my seventh day. We don't see him arguing. We don't see him saying, what do you mean? I don't like the temple. I was just in there. We don't see any of that. We don't even see him just saying, no, I'm not. You lie. Why? You don't see any of that. Except you see someone like a sheep, silent before the shears, being led to slaughter. Sound like someone? When they said away with him, doesn't that remind you of the last time 30 years a few, a few decades prior to this, a hostile crowd in Jerusalem yelled away with him, but then they finished it with this, crucify him, crucify him. See, and as, as ambassadors of Christ, we will need a spirit of submission and love. Submission, surrender. That's why we sang that song tonight. Because there's going to be moments in your life when you are being hated and everything's going wrong on account of Christ. And you in that moment are going to just have to let yourself be carried. You're just going to have to go with it. And, and all Paul had in his heart, in his mind, in his prayers was that you told me this would happen, Lord. And I'm with you to the end. In that moment, Paul didn't know if his life was going to be ended after that or not. But he surrendered. He ain't fighting. He's not pushing the soldiers, let me free. He's just being carried and letting them carry him away. That's going to take a serious anointing of the Spirit of God. Galatians 5, 22-23. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, fruit, singular, not fruits, plural. Meaning when you're filled with the spirit, you have all these things in harmony. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Again, such things there is the law. This is what's being embodied by our silent Paul right now. Love, joy, peace, patience. You know what patience is? Long-suffering. King James Version has it better. He is suffering well. How does a man suffer like this? I look at this, I'm staring at it, and I'm like, I don't know if I'd suffer like this, Lord. I think I'd be blasting my brains out right now. This is wrong. I never did any of that. Paul, surrender. Silent submission. Fruit of the Spirit. You know what else is holding this man? It is love. He's staring at the love of Christ. And I'm wondering if he's starting to see the parallels, that he, is, he has the privilege of sharing in the sufferings of Christ in such a parallel way. Jesus went to Jerusalem, and he was misjudged, misunderstood. Mobs, crowds beat him. They said away with him, but then they put the nail in it and said, crucify him. And I'm imagining just the intimacy Paul is having with Jesus right in that moment as he's being carried away. That's why he writes things in Philippians. Oh, to know the love of Christ, to know, to know Christ and to share in his sufferings. Oh, there's so much level of intimacy that I don't know with Jesus yet. And I had to think to myself, because I was really thinking about this driving here. I was like, God, right now, 
I'm on the way to a worship service and I'm going to see my brothers and sisters in Christ. And there are brothers and sisters right now tonight, tonight, that they would be murdered for doing what I'm doing. They would be targeted for singing the songs that I just sang. And, and, and I'm thankful we live in a, in, a, in, a, in a land that is thus far somewhat free to sing and, and, and shout and live and do this. But if the day comes, church, when we are ambassadors in chains, are we ready? Will we have the spirit of God upon us in such a way where we would submit, surrender, and love our enemies and pray for those who persecute you? Who does that sound like? I read things, I don't know about you, I read things like that and I just, I fall to my knees. How can? God help us, right? So church, as we, as, we, as we read through this, just see how this is totally who Christ is. This is what he did for us. In love, he gave himself up. He perished for all of our imperfections. He loved you with blood. He obtained you with his blood. When we see this, if you keep staring at the cross of Christ, and that cross gets deeper and deeper and deeper and more and more personal and corporate, and you recognize what this is at church, and the Spirit of God is just, just boom, pouring out on you, I guarantee this. When persecution knocks on our door, we're going to suffer well and gloriously. And we are going to experience an intimacy with Jesus like we've never imagined. And if any of us here has to seal our testimony with blood, praise be to God, and you see him sooner. This is reality. This is relevant. So church tonight, pray. Are we ready to rep Christ? Ask Jesus to make us ready. Maybe there are things we need to repent from. We find ourselves like, like the crowds presumptuous, assuming, jumping the gun or whatever. Let the Spirit of God work on us. I love that the Bible doesn't leave stuff out like this because this is reality. Already. Oh, to be a church that truly does rep Christ. And we don't just like dip out at the first sign of pain. We got to grow up, huh? A lot of maturing to do. God help us. Acts 21 verse 13, Paul said this before all this happened. He said, I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you because you first loved us. No greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Oh, to, to, to realize that we are a part of a faith that is so deep that will live and die for the name of Christ. Let us be legit. Let us be for real. I pray that such 
boldness and courage would cause us tonight to prepare by just slaying our sin right now. To start walking in the Spirit right now tonight. To let the fruit of the Spirit abound already. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. To have our eyes so fixed and steady on you already so that if and when harder days come, we'll rejoice. We'll count it all joy when we face trials of many kinds because we know you're at work. Oh, you're at work in Paul's life because these chains is going to set off a chain of events of much of the New Testament being written. Many people in Rome coming to the faith. He's going to be brought forth before governors and kings and and, and, and people and crowds, and they're going to hear the good news of Christ had not these chains. That's why when he says, I may be in chains, but the word of God is not bound. It is so true. You could chain us. You could beat us. You could murder us. And it won't stop the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word of God will continue to spread through this land because you said it. Just let us be a people who hop in and participate in this glorious truth. We are not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. So let us now as ambassadors go assured, confident in this. We love you, God. Remind us that we have a mission to do. And let's go do it together. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen.